Well, I want you to open your Bible this morning to where the pages may stick together a little bit. Turn to the book of Jonah. Jonah, page 1099. <laughs> if you have the same Bible as I have. But Jonah... If you go to the back of the New Testament, go back, go back, I mean to the end of the Old Testament, go back just a few books. You can always look in your table of contents. Jonah. You know, one of the things that we we we, we see people encounter people, you know, if you're praying for people or just encountering people, talk to people. Um, for instance, when we pray with people, we always say, you know, always run to God and not from Him. You know, that's a good message for believers. Because even as a someone who's walked with the Lord, when when people make mistakes in life, the natural tendency is to run from God. Just like Adam hid himself from the presence of the Lord. And so we have to always run to God and not from Him. And, and we see that many people are running away from God. You know, many times through ignorance. Sometimes it can also be through disobedience. But always run to the Lord and not away from Him. I want you to look in Jonah, chapter 1. I, I just felt led of the Lord to, to share on this because this is where a lot of people are in life today. We see this man, this man of God who was a, um, actually a prophet. And the Bible tells us that he was sent on a, a mission to do something great for the Lord. Jonah chapter 1. Father, we thank you for your word today and let it be alive to us, Lord. Thank you that we're going to be doers of your word and not hearers only. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. How I many you know we've seen other passages where the Bible talks about a city where their wickedness was come up? We see Sodom and Gomorrah. And so Jonah rose up in verse 3 to flee unto Tarshish. Now how many know you're already in a bad place when you're fleeing from the presence of the Lord? Jonah rose up. Well, How many know you can't run from the presence of the Lord? Do you remember, I believe it's somewhere around Psalm 139, the Bible says that, you know, if I go here, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, then you are there. So there's no place you can go. You know, you could go across the world, get on a jet, go across the world, take a taxi, go hide behind a palm tree, and the Lord say, what are you doing? <laughs> you, you can't hide from the presence of God. <laughs> so don't even try the Bible says that everything is naked with him with whom we have to do. So just realize that's why he already knows. Just go ahead and be up front with him. It's like, like I heard one minister say one time, whenever you confess your sin is not when God found out about it. We, we think, well, Lord, I'm going to confess this and, and God's going to be shocked. Like, I can't believe you did that. No, God already knows. But when you confess it is when you get rid of it out of your life. If you acknowledge your sin, the Bible says in Proverbs 28, 13, that he that confesses and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Yeah. Talking about confessing your sins. So here Jonah, he, he goes down and goes to Joppa. 
And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. You know, there's not a place you can go where God's not going to be. He's going to be waiting for you. <laughs> but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea. Isn't it amazing how people start praying when things go bad? But Jonah was gone down to the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said to him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so, be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said everyone to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is your occupation, and whence comest thou? What is thy country, and of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said, one, said unto him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord. How I many know you can run, but you can't hide? <laughs> because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto you, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said to them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you, for I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. I mean, you know, sometimes there can be a tempest around you because of being around the wrong people. You know, just having a, a, a wrong friend sometimes that wants to speak into your life that's not God speaking to you. There can be a, a tempest around you and, and a great, um, not, not a calm, but just a, a, a great storm that can be in your life. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord. Now they, here they called on their own gods. Now they're praying to thee, God, the Lord. Lord, we beseech you, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not upon us innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. And then, then the men feared, now look at this. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. I mean, these people were not even, now we know that people weren't born again at that time, you know, in the same covenant we have. But just say it like this, they weren't even following the Lord. But when they saw this happening, they saw this, this great sea, this great calm, then they, they, they started praying and making vows unto the Lord. Oh, you're, hey, you're the one who answers by fire. You're the one who answers our prayers. They offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Look in um, chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. I mean, that's a bad place to pray from, but at least they, he prayed. 
He said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and you heard my voice. For you have cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped up around my head. There's, there's, there's weeds, there's gastric juices, you know. I mean, just think about it. It's not a pretty sight. How many know it's better to obey? Just obey God in the first place. <laughs> and so he says here, I went, the water comforted me about, even to the soul, the depth closed around about me, the weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet you have brought me up, you have brought my life from corruption. Or it says in the margin, the pit. O Lord, my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came in unto thee into your holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. You know, that's true today. He says, those that, that observe lying vanities. You know, there's a lot of things in life that are vain. I mean, you look in the book of Ecclesiastes, everything was vain there for a little while. But there, you observe lying things. You're going to forsake mercy in your life. You pay attention to things that, you know, the lying, the lying vanity that says you can't go preach. The lying vanity says you can't go talk to that person. The lying vanity says you can't do what God's called you to do. The lying vanity that says that, you know, you, you can't do this or that. See, that's a lie from the devil. And what's going to happen is you're going to forsake the mercy of God. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So what's he saying? Lord, I'm going to do it. You know, the Bible talks about those that, that said, hey, I'm going to go do it. But then they didn't go. The Bible talks about those that said, I'm not going to go. But then they said, I'm going to. And he said, which one is, is, is right and justified? The one that said that he's going to, in the end, that he's going to go and do it. So he, he's basically saying, Lord, I'm going to go and do what you want me to do. Now, you know, it's interesting when um, Jesse DePlanis, uh, evangelist, he said that 1988, he had a vision of the Lord for like some five hours. And, you know, he, he's got this in his book, Close Encounters of the God Kind. But I've heard him talk about this as well. But he said that um, in that vision, you know, he, he went to heaven, he, he talked to the Lord and and saw the Lord and talked to other people. He said one of the people he talked to was Jonah. He said, you know, he was always an interesting fellow. That's what you know, if you know how Brother Jesse is. He said, you know, I always wondered about him. He said, so, he said, I asked the wrong question, though. He said, I went up and he said, Jonah. He said, what, he said, Je he said, what were you in? He said, were you in a fish? Were you in a whale? Because, you know, that's been like the, the longstanding debate. Was he in a fish? Was he in a well? He said, Jesse, I was in disobedience. He said, I realize I asked the wrong question. He said, I was in disobedience. It didn't matter what it was because he was in the wrong place. But he says, I'm going to pay that that I vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. How many times have we, 
You don't have to raise your hand. But how many times have we gotten into things in life that it was because of our own wrongdoing? It's because we didn't listen to God. Because we said, you know what? Lord, I know my situation better and I know better than, than what you're telling me to do. So I'm just going to wait on that. And five years, ten years later goes by. You know, it's interesting, uh, even listening to Brother Kenneth Hagin said this one time. He said he was ministering and some different things were going on. And he said, um, the Lord asked him, he said, when are you going to do what I spoke to you to do? He said, Lord, I really wasn't thinking about doing anything about that. You know, he said, at least he was being honest. He said, well, the time has come that you either do it or else. He said, well, I had already been acquainted with some of God's else's. So I knew I'm, I'm just going to obey. And um, I mean, even, even he said this in his 70, almost 70 years of ministry. There was only four times that he was ever sick in, in 70 years. That's not too bad. And he said every single time it was because he missed God. And, um, but, you know, just, just making the adjustment. Just making the adjustment. I remember one time he talked about he was um, in one city and just to show you how, you know, these things work, he said that, he said he was starting to come into this, uh, the Holiday Inn there, and uh, he was in Buffalo, New York, he said, and um, he was putting the books down for their table. He said he just, all of a sudden he got sick. He said, I got sick as a horse. He said, what, what do you mean sick as a horse? He said, the horse is big. You know, you got sick big. And so he, he started to fall across the table, uh, the bed, and just black out. And he said that, he said, boy, you know, he told his wife, I'm sick. She said she had never heard that in 36 years of marriage. And so um, he finally he just said, you know, lay hands on me. And, and the, the Lord spoke to him and said, uh, lay hands on yourself. He said, and basically what happened is he quit, he quit laying hands on people for healing. Why? Because of all the excesses and different things. So he just had to make a little adjustment. I mean, that's a minor adjustment to us, you know. Sometimes, you know, we think about real big things, of, you know, someone having a, a failure or something. But for him, it was just making a, something on the inside. But he said, I was never sick until I missed God. Well, Jonah, how, how many times have we missed God, though, and we've gone down a wrong path? We, start, we said, we're going to go down to Tarshish. We're going to go down to this place. We're going to go, we're not going to go to Nineveh. Lord, those people don't even like me over there. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Now, can you imagine that, that sight? <laughs> and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. So one thing about it, the Lord will speak to you, not only a first time, but he'll speak to you a second time. He'll speak to you a third time. But take heed. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. I'm sure he was ready and primed to go this time. Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, now this is, this is one of the greatest sermons, an eight-word sermon, if you read it in the uh, King James Version. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That was the, the message that he had to preach. Now, I don't know if he was concerned about his homiletics and hermeneutics 
and his preaching ability, but it was only eight words. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. So it didn't matter. It was all the way from the king's house to the crack house, to every house. What does that mean? Every single person, even the king of Nineveh, he says he rose from his throne and laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. When's the last time you, you mourned over something, you put ashes on your head? I honestly never have. <laughs> and he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let man, neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. I mean, can you imagine where you're all in sackcloth and ashes and you have to, It'd be like me telling my dog, okay, buddy, you no, you can't even drink water right now. I mean, you know, how, I know how he gets sometimes. He just puts his head down. He just turns his eyes. He would really be like mourning and, and I can't even have water, you know. Well, that's what happened. They said not even water or food for the beast. <clears throat> he says, yeah, let them turn everyone from his evil way. I mean, even the animals are turning from their wicked ways. <laughs> And from the violence that is in their hand. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? You know, one of the greatest things about God and his character is if you will repent, if you will humble yourself, I don't care what you've done. I don't care how bad you've missed it. care how bad you've blown it in life. If you'll humble yourself and say, God, have mercy on me, he will. I mean, I can look at all kinds of different passages in the scripture. I think about Ahab, a man that said who had wrought wickedness like no other. He humbled himself over what was coming in the judgment. And the Bible says, I won't do it to his generation, but to his sons I will. We see other people who committed horrific crimes, you know, and like, you know, caused their sons to pass through the fire. And just all these different things. And the Bible says that they turned and they repented and and. Why? Because they knew judgment was coming. The Bible says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, I will, you know, turn away from their wicked ways, I will heal their land. So if you'll humble yourself, you know what that means? If you want to go up, you got to go down. And I'm not talking about false humility. Well, Lord, I'm just, I'm nothing and, and I'm a weak worm of the dust. Well, we're nothing without him. But in Christ, we are who are, we are because of him. But we have to humble ourselves, acknowledge our, our dependence upon him. <clears throat> and so God saw their works. Do you think God knows if you repent? Do you think God knows if you humble yourself? <laughs> Amen. And God repented of the evil that he said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. But I want you to just keep reading. And this is a short book. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. Now, now, can you imagine? Here, you're a prophet, and you're mad because the people repented. <laughs> Here, you go through uh, all this dilemma. I mean, that would have been so easy to go deliver that message to begin with. 
He went through the, the belly and the gastric juices and all that. He cries out, then he gets sent, then he's mad. I'd have, I would have been glad, like, whew, well, oh, thank you, Lord, my next mission. You know, I'm, I'm done with this mission. But then it says he's displeased exceedingly. He was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before into Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repentance of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, he's like, Lord, I knew you would do this. I knew you would be kind to these people. But I, I'm beseeching you, take my life from me. It's better for me to die than to live. I mean, it sounds like another prophet by the name of Elijah. The Bible says that he, he went to this place. He, he went under this juniper tree. That's what a place, a juniper tree is a place where a prophet goes when they're upset. And they're, they're, they think they're ready to die. But, you know, he wasn't ready to die. Just like, you know, when we've said foolish things before. If he would just stay there, Jezebel would have accommodated him and took his head off. But, but he took off running. And notice here, then said the Lord, doest thou well to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city and there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. Lord, I, I got to see if you're really going to be good to this place. And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah that it might be a shadow over his head. To deliver him from his grief. I mean, God is so merciful. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. Now, put this in perspective. Here you, you see, he's, these people that repented and were going to ha have judgment within 40 days. They, here they repented and he is upset about it. He, he wanted them to get judgment. But then he's, he's more happy about this gourd. Now, I know they can get colorful and stuff like that, but it's still a gourd. I mean, there's nothing so beautiful about it. It's, but he, he's more happy about this gourd that comes up and it protects him and, and shields him from the heat. And notice here it says, Jonah, <laughs> when, if you look at the Hebrew in, in the center of my Bible, it says, that he rejoiced with great joy. These people, God, you should have just killed them all. But I'm, I'm exceeding joy. God, I just thank you. I'm going to do a little dance because of this uh, gourd that's right over my head. It's kind of like when you, now if you have one of these, don't, don't take offense to it. But, you know, I've been to people's houses where it says, pets welcome, people tolerated. <laughs> Who's ever seen those? Don't raise your hand if you have one, but <laughs> but I mean it's the truth. Some people can they, they have better they have better camaraderie with pets than they do people. Now we like we like Buddy. He's a good buddy, you know. He he's a real good dog. But but he is he's a dog, and I love people more than I love animals. But here, here, Jonah, he had this complex going on. And uh, he says in verse 7, But God prepared a worm. 
When the morning sun rose the next day, and it smote the gourd that it withered. Now, that's got to be a pretty big worm, too, though. You ever thought about that? And it came to pass when the sun did rise that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah, that he fainted. And he wished in himself to die, and said, It is better for me to die than to live. How many remember what happened in the book of Numbers? It said that all those different times they tempted the Lord and they said, you know, we should do this. We should die in Egypt. And finally, the Lord said, as you have spoken in my ear, so shall I do unto you. So, so watch about repeating yourself too many times. He says, it's better for me to live than, or to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. He's angry about this gourd that, that is perished. But yet these people, in his mind, he thought they should really get it. Then said the Lord, you have had pity on the gourd for the which you have not even labored. Neither made it grow which came up in a night and it perished in a night. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle? What's that, 120,000 plus? I'm not going to... Okay, thank you. I just remember the Gettysburg Address, four score. And <laughs> Six score. 120,000 people that cannot discern between their right hand and the left. They don't even know which way they're going. They're lost. They're undone. And he said, should I not save these people? And he said, and also much cattle. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So in life... We have to be obedient to the Lord, not run. Now, who's ever run from God? I mean, like, God has spoken to you to do something. And, and, and you know, you just, you say, Lord, I can't do that. Maybe looking at your own abilities, I, I can't do that. Well, that is true. If you measure yourself against what you can do, then you never will. It's just like the giant. Never measure the giant by you, but by God. David never said, Lord, you know, I can't. I'm a little little guy. This guy's like eight foot nine, and here I am. I'm just a, a little shepherd boy. No, he said, I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord God. So don't don't ever come against and don't come against the giant, number one, with your mouth shut, and don't go against him about who you are. Go against him in the name of the Lord. And then, of course, he took his head off. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us this in the book of Luke, that no man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. I want to just encourage you today that in this time that we're living, we are living in the last slivers of time. People say, well, you know, we've heard that. Well, we're just closer than we've ever been. Because the Bible tells us in Second Peter, it says that, you know, 
where's the promise of his coming? That people would mock and say, where's the promise of his coming? You know, since the fathers fell asleep, we've heard this. And we've heard this same message. We heard it in the 60s and the 70s and 80s. And, you know, but he's coming closer than he ever has. You know, the one guy wrote a book, 88 Reasons Why He's Coming Back in 88. Well, he didn't. Then he wrote another book in 89. Well, he didn't come back in 89 either. But Jesus is still coming back. No man knows the hour, the day or the hour. But we know he's coming back. So we need to, to settle in to the will of God like never before. And so as I was saying in the beginning, there are people that run away from God. But we have to run to salvation. Run to healing. Run to the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Jesus said this. He said, I delight to do thy will, O God. Now, you know, I just want to say you can do that as an act of faith. Even if the Lord is dealing with you to do something, you think, well, Lord, I don't really want to do that. That's not me. That's not my call. And then the Lord says, I want you to do that. You can make a decision. Well, right, Lord, yes. Since you mentioned it, that's what I want to do. I delight to do your will, O God. And, you know, here's the thing. Sometimes people say, well, Lord, what, what, what do you want me to do? And I'll do it. And the Lord says, I want you to be willing to do it. Be willing to do it. Now, Jesus said this, and I'm, I'm going to turn over to John chapter 7 real quickly. John chapter 7. Pharisees were talking to Jesus about his doctrine. John 7, verse 15, And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? So that whether they, they were impressed by his speaking and the way that he ministered the word. Um, John 7, verse 16. Jesus answered them and said, Well, boys, you have to pay the price. You got to burn the midnight oil. When you guys were out playing, I was praying. See, that's people trying to take credit for the doctrine. But Jesus says this, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that speaks of himself seeks his own glory. But he that seeks his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. So look at this. If any man will, will do his will... Other translations say this, if he wills to do his will. So if you have a willingness to do the will of God, if you have a, a earnestness, and this is just the way the Lord is, until there's a willingness, there's not going to be a revelation. Until there's a willingness, there's not going to be an understanding. God, because that's like saying, okay, Lord, I'll do that if I agree with it. Lord, I'll do, I'll do that um, if it's what I feel like I should do. Lord, tell me what it is, and you'll hear nothing. You have to will. You have to say, okay, Lord, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. He said, if any man wills to do his will, he shall know. See, then you'll know of the doctrine, whether it's of God or whether I speak of myself. Just like the one individual I heard, he was a, a minister, but he, he, he eventually became an outstanding evangelist, but 
he just went back and forth and just, because he sensed the call of God that God wanted him to go to China. And that was the last place he was wanting to go. He said he never lost anything there. Why should I go there? You know, so to speak. And so as he's praying and, and he would just stay and kind of like, you know, if you don't want something to be God, you can do mental gymnastics all day. Yeah. And, the, you know, the enemy say, well, we don't know what that is. You know, what, what is that? Well, we don't know what that is. But you know on the inside that it's God. You know that he's speaking to you. Yeah. So this guy, he would stay in kind of half fellowship with God. You know, that, that way I won't have to be accountable to the plan of God and, and things like that. But he just stayed in a, in a kind of a half um, backslidden state. So he knew, though, he said, I'm, I'm going to just fully surrender. So he just said, Lord, okay, I'll do it. And, and he said, Lord, I surrender all. I will go to China. He said, just as loud as if someone was standing in the room, they said, I didn't want you to go to China. I just wanted you to be willing to go. He said, dear Lord, I've been fighting this for all these years. And he said, the Lord never wanted me to go. But then he became a great evangelist in this country and did what God called him to do. But you have to be willing. You have to be willing. You have to be willing to stay where you're at. You know, sometimes it takes more dedication to stay where you're at than it is to go. Because, you know, we can get enamored with what's out in the beyond. We can be enamored with what's out there that I'm not doing. But when, when you're in the same mundane, so to speak, which doesn't have to be mundane, you think, well, oh, man, I'm doing the same thing. But God says, I want you to stay here. I want you to stay put. That takes more faith sometimes than it is to go. Can you say amen? So if you're going to want to do his will, you first have to be willing. Lord, I'll go, go wherever you want me to go. That's a, that's a prayer we've always prayed. Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll be what you want me to be. Not my will, but yours be done. And that was one of the things that my pastor said all through the years. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say, and I'll be what you want me to be. Not my will, but yours be done. And just like in his, his ministry, revival, nothing more, nothing else, nothing less. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So I delight to do thy will, O God. And then I want to uh, just turn back a couple of pages to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. The will of God is the only thing that will truly satisfy us in life. Who's ever experienced that? Maybe to a certain degree, you, you, maybe you haven't felt like you've ever got into the fullness of that, but you know you've gotten into the edge of that, and you know that there's something that just satisfies, there's something that just touches your heart that no drink can, no food can, no habit, no, no anything. John chapter 4. Now this is after the woman at the well of Samaria. And this woman says, hey, come look at this man that told me everything I ever did. (laughs) And they come out of the city and came unto him. In verse 31. In the meantime, while his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. Like, Lord, you've been ministering. You didn't take something to eat. 
But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. So what's he saying? He said, there is a, a satisfaction that comes from doing the will of God that nothing else will touch. That will fill a void. That will fill that longing. Hallelujah. You know, even as we, yesterday, as, as we were out ministering, you know, I, um, I was texting one of the individuals last night and um, I just said, you know, thank you for, you know, contributing and, and being a part. And they said, it was great, very rewarding. Very rewarding. Amen. There's a satisfaction that knowing that I'm doing what God's called me to do. And, and the beautiful thing about it is it doesn't have to be what, and it's, it's usually not what someone else is doing. And it might seem insignificant in life. But as you, as you take your place in life, as you, as you take your stand and say, Lord, you know, I'm not going to. How many know as you get older in life, you start taking inventory? I don't know about you, but I, I take inventory in my life. And, you know, especially when you start changing the first number of your age. You know, when, when it starts to creep up to the next one and you start thinking, you, you go from two to three to four and then and a few and um, about 15 months to the big five zero, you know, you start taking inventory in your life and you say, Lord, am I doing what you want me to do? Am I am I making the impact? What, what am I doing? You know, because you start thinking, OK, you start thinking about, OK, I was in high school 30 years ago. OK, 30 years from now, you'll be almost 80. I mean, that's a whole different ball game, you know. And so you start taking inventory, not to be worried and, and uptight, but just to say, Lord, am I on the right track? Am I on the right? You know, we were, um, as we were going out yesterday, we were um, delivering one of the um, things of food, and we went on one of the streets in town, and it, was, it looked like a, a train track. I like not. It was the worst street I've seen in here around town, and uh, it was just uh, uh, two lines going where you could put a vehicle in there. If you got off, you might as well just take your car and get the suspension just fixed because it was going to tear it up. But you know that's the way there for each individual. There is a track, and and you need to stay on the track that's yeah. got your name on it. Yeah. Don't get off on someone else's track. You know that's. That track over there looks real pretty, you know. Stay on the track that God has for you. Yeah. How many remember what happened with, with Peter? Jesus says to him, you know, when, when you were young, you went and did your own thing, and you, you walked and carried yourself, but there's coming a time when someone else is going to carry you. Well, he was prophesying about his death. And we know that Peter was was crucified just like Jesus but he, he, was, he said you know Lord I'm not worthy to be crucified like him he was crucified upside down and so he um, here he was he, he went he said Lord that doesn't sound too hot you know <laughs> you know what about what about John you know what, what about him 
Jesus turned to him. He basically just said, Peter, mind your own business. He said, if I will that, I, that, that he tarry till I come back, what is that to you? Follow thou me. So that's the thing. Don't, don't get enamored by someone else's calling. You know, I'm not going to stand before the Lord for my wife. She's not going to stand before the Lord for me. I'm going to stand before the Lord for, for myself. No one else is going to be there with me. Just me and the Lord. And I won't be able to say, well, Lord, you know, that brother over there, he hindered me. Lord, I couldn't do what you want me to do because they wouldn't acknowledge my gift. I, I couldn't do this because they, they put me down. Amen. There'll be no excuses on that day. And the Bible says that for every man must give an account of himself to God. So that's what we want to do. We just want to prepare people that, that they'll be able to stand before the Lord that, you know, what we want to do is make sure people are ready for eternity. Not just that they're going there, but they have fruit and fruit that remains. How many think that it's good to, it would be a good thing to be on the other side and know that you got rewards? Not just that you made it in. You know, well done, good and faithful servant, entering through the joy of the Lord. I don't want the Lord to look at me and say, well, well. I want him to say, well done. Good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord and that we'll have something for eternity to shout about. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you today for your word. We thank you, Lord, that even as Jonah, Lord, went out to obey you, Lord, even after he had made uh, mistakes and after he had missed it, Lord, we thank you that we go out in the calling that you called us with. That we May we resonate with this lord from the bible that that what you've called us to do lord that we will be about the father's business we'll be about the master's business lord on our from our rising up to our to our going to bed lord that every day of the week sunday monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday that that souls will be impacted that lord our lives will make a difference and that many people will be touched and changed and transformed we thank you lord for allowing us to be who you've called us to be. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. With every head bowed in this place and every eye closed, I want to give this call before we dismiss today because you may never have another opportunity and be in a service like this. But I want to give a call today for three things. And then afterwards, I'm going to be praying. Pastor Will and I are going to be praying for every single person in this room. Those that want prayer and those, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to say everybody in this room who, who wants prayer. If you don't want prayer, that's fine. But I, I'm going to, we're going to lay hands on every single person. And that's by the Holy Ghost because I just, I just heard that. I wasn't planning on it, but I just heard it. But before we get there, I have this call for those who have never ever received Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you're in this room and you say, I, 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 I'm listening to what Pastor Will is saying, but man, I've never, I've never come to the Lord. I've never really fully committed my life to him. But I want to do his will. And I have this, I have this, this voice on the inside that says, I want to. I want to come to him. I want to. I want to know him more. I want to know him deeper. I want to love him more. 
You know, the Bible says that that you have to confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that he'll come into your heart and he'll forgive you of your sins. Maybe you've been living for the world all these years, but God's calling you today and he's saying, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I want to give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And maybe you've been carrying burdens and you have a yoke around your neck and you can't walk like you know you should. It's because of the yokes and the burdens, but Jesus says, I come to lift all that off of you because it's a walk with the Lord. It's easy. It's not to say that you won't, you won't come against some trials, but you'll always go through them and you'll always get to the other side and you'll have victory. You might say, well, sure doesn't seem like my life is, it's, it's, it, I'm, I'm, I'm up against a lot of stuff. Well, yeah, Jesus, there's nothing too big for Jesus. There's not one single thing that is too big for him. There's not one thing that isn't impossible to him. So if you're in this room and you say, I want to give my heart to the Lord for the very first time, then we're going to pray for you. And you'll have that opportunity to do so today. It's the most important step that you could ever, 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 ever take. If anyone comes to him, he will not deny. He does not deny one person. Second of all, you might be in here and you say, well, I've served God in days gone by, but I've grown really cold and I'm not red hot on fire. I'm not walking like I should. I have one foot in the world, one foot in sin. And uh, every now and then I come over to the other side and I, I have a drawing to want to do good and want to do, want to want to follow him wholly. But you have to come to a place of full surrender. Full surrender. Maybe you, you, came to church years and years ago and and you were so on fire for him you were in church every time the doors were open you were reading your bible every day you were praying every day you were so excited about the things of god but you found something it, you found yourself in a place where you just grew cold maybe it was because of a divorce or maybe it was because of loss of a loved one maybe because you, a, a job lost or some relationship went sour or maybe another church person hurt you and you got offended offense will is one of the big things that will try to take you out maybe it's something on the inside of the heart maybe it's unforgiveness Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's just something hidden in the heart that nobody can see. But it's caused you to not be on fire for him and not serving him like you should. But maybe it's something on the outside that everybody can see. Only you know that. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to be on fire for God. Today is the day to come into the kingdom fully. And to say, have your way in me, Lord. Not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. 
I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll be exactly who you want me to be. And I'm not going to be ashamed of it. And if you fit into that category and you say, yeah, that's me. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in, in saying that's, that's where I'm at. And I need to make it right because the Lord's dealing with me. And you know that God has a much better plan for you. And thirdly, you might be in here and you say, I just don't know if I'm saved. I, I've, I've, I've said the sinner's prayer. I've, I love God. I love him. But there's something that keeps just tormenting me, saying that I am not right with God. That there's something that says I would, I, that, that God he doesn't accept me. Or there's something that says, I, I, I just, I don't know. I'm doubting my salvation. And it's just, it's a tormenting, evil spirit. Then you can get rid of that. And you can know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that your home is in heaven. I was there. I was there at that point in my life where I loved God, but something always kept bugging me and saying, no, you're going to go to hell, Sean. No, you're, gonna, you're, you're not good enough. No, you're a failure. No, you're never going to make it. And blah, 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 blah. And then one day, I answered an altar call just like this. One day, I came up and I knew that I knew that I knew that was over. I was like, that, that, yeah, enough is enough. And I walked out from that altar call and I walked out a brand new person because I knew that that was, that was, that was the enemy. And I walked out free, totally free, totally free. And God has freedom for you today. God has so much freedom for you. God has so much liberty for every single person in this room. But what are you going to do with it? So right now, if you are in this place and you say, that is me, I fit into one of those three categories. Either you've never, ever been saved, you've never come to the Lord, or you just want to come back to him and say, I, I'm, I need to come back to them. I need to, I need to be, I need, I need to be totally sold out, red hot, radical for Jesus, burning for him once again. Or if you say, I just want to make sure, I just want to make sure. Then with an uplifted hand, I want all across this room with every eye closed and every head bowed, quickly slip up your hand and say, that's me. That is me. That is me. If you say, that's me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see those hands. I want everybody to look at me in this room. And if you're on this side of the room and you say, you know what, Pastor LaShawn, I never raised my hand. I was embarrassed to raise my hand. But you need to take a bold step with Jesus. 
Right now, you need to take a bold step with the Lord and you just raise your hand and I'm going to pray with you and for you. You say, yes, that's me. I want to pray with you and for you. I'm going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see those hands. Thank you, Jesus. Don't want to fall over the notebook on the floor. should watch where I'm walking. But anyways, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. I see those hands. If there's anybody else in this middle section, you've not, you, you did not raise your hand, but you want to be included in this prayer, then quickly raise your hand. Take a bold step for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All over this room, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This side of the room. If you did not raise your hand, but you want to be included, you want to be included in this prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. With every everybody who's raised your hand, I just want you to stand. Stand. If you stand before him, just stand before Jesus. There's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to be ashamed of. So if you stood, stood then come up here and line up in a straight line. Shingy, if you can help me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is the first day of the rest of your life. It's the first day of the rest of your life. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. I want everybody to raise your hands to heaven because that's where your help comes from. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me. It's the prayer that I prayed when I first came to the Lord. And maybe you're up here and you say, I just need to rededicate myself to the Lord. You made a good choice. You made a good choice. I hear the Lord saying, you made a good choice and you're following the train track. All shall be well. All shall be well. Thank you, Jesus. All shall be well. Yes, you may not understand it right now, but all shall be well. All shall be well. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to stretch out your hands to those who are up here. Thank you, Jesus. And I want you to pray this prayer after me. It's a one-size-fits-all prayer. And I want you to pray in the precious blood of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, that he'll come into my heart and he'll take out the stony heart. And he'll put in a heart of flesh. So right now, I confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart. Fill me afresh. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me. Cleanse me. Set me free by your blood and by your anointing. I turn my back on the world. And I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Give me a passion for the lost. And a hunger for the things of God. Let me never be 
the same again. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you that I'm born again. And I'm on my way to heaven. In me. Because I've got Jesus in my heart. Lord, have of it. But all of me. Have your will in me. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. And I'll be what you want me to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now come on and give him some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Just stay. I'm going to pray for every single person in this line. Lord, seal the work. Seal the work in every person in this place. Holy Ghost, seal it right now. Let it be so tight like that jar when, you, when, when we can things. Lord, that it's so tight that you can't even hardly get that off. You just can't because it's so hot and it's so tight. And there's no room for anything else between them and the Lord. No room. There's not even a sliver of room between them between that, that, that lid and that can, that jar. And in the same way with you, Holy Ghost. And so, Lord, we just seal that work right now in Jesus' name. The fire of God.